Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to a fun and exciting edition of This Week in Pop Culture. My name is, is Aras Zandia. But first, we got some breaking news for you guys. Lots of breaking news. First of all, cut a check for the member of this team. That's right. Cut a big fat check for that person. Next, we got WWE has sunk to a brand new low with another celebrity winning a WWE title. What's going on with that one? A jackass is not in the new Jackass 4 movie. More on that with just a little bit. When does the new more come every new game come out? Because why the hype is so real. Also, that's not the aerospace engineer we wanted in WandaVision. And did Star Wars find their Ezra Bridger? Also, fresh into the breaking news, Supergirl is no longer blonde. All this and more happening right here on This Week in Pop Culture. Stay tuned. We're coming up right about now. Welcome one, welcome all to another fun and exciting edition right here of This Week in Pop Culture. My name is Ross Yandia. With me always is Mr. Chaos, is Mr. Cut the Check himself. That would be Mr. <laughs> Michael Mayhem. Hi, hi, hi. Woo! I need to speak to your manager because I'm tired of you showing my name and there isn't a dinosaur around it, okay? The tingling right? tea gives me great props. The tingling tea gives me great <laughs> props. All right. With me also down below, you can catch her every Friday on her personal show, The Tangling Tea, the ever-present, the ever-fabulous Ms. Leslie Fry. Hello, everybody. What's going on? We have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about today, especially what's been going on in the pop culture world. We're going to start with the biggest headline, and that is there is a new Supergirl in a play. Yes, that's right. Uh, daytime Emmy nominated from the young and the restless star Sasha Kelly has just been cast for Flashpoint's movie of Super um, cast as a Supergirl in the movie Flashpoint. Yep. Yes, Superman's Kryptonic cousin is now in play for the 2022 multiverse hopping the Flashpoint movie starring Ezra Miller featuring Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck guys. What do you think of this amazing woman joining the cast of Supergirl? Or joining the cast as Supergirl? I think she's adorable. Let's start with you. I think Samantha Kaye. I, I think she's, uh, what's her name? Her last name is Kaye. Her last name. Sasha Kaye. Yeah, she's Sa- Sasha. Sasha. Sasha Kaye, yes. Because I know somebody named Samantha. So mm. Sasha Kaye, yes, I did. I told her there was another Kaye in uh, the Marvel universe. But I will say this, I think she's adorable. I know that uh, there has been some pushback for the fact that she is not blonde, that she's dark haired and that she's not white. So mm. uh, in my opinion, she is Latina white. So I think that she could pass, she's just dark haired, but I think she's perfect for the role. 
Uh, I know that we watched them actually give her the announcement that she was going to be Supergirl. And I was, just, I was so pleased. It was so authentic. She's just seems to be very personable, very real. And I can't wait to see her perform in the role. There you mm. go. Um, Mayhem, you and I have discussed this legitly on Wednesday about DC and their bad story writing, their bad casting, and with their bad storytelling in a way. Does this fit in the limelight of what we talked about on Wednesday, where when it comes to diversifying a character, it's about darn time? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to join me in silent prayer, okay? Because I had a vision and I think this is it. I think this is DC's turning point. I think with this movie, we'll actually get credible movies, credible scripts, credible stars. And you know what? If we can just focus on how great her performance will be and what we like and don't like about what she incorporated in Supergirl, we can get multiple Supergirls and actually great films. Like, this is the moment. Come on, join my join hands. This is it. We can make a miracle happen. DC wasn't listening to us, but they can listen to us through Pierre. Join me now. DC. Kumbaya, my lord. Get your stuff together. Amen. <laughs> 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 like, this is it. Like, right. Uh, this this is exactly what we talked about yes. on Wednesday about yes. diversity character. And then finally we we get it. And will this be? I'm hoping it's not the last of her. And I hope fans can really appreciate her. Could this be the one and only one shot that she gets? Or if the script is good, are we going to get a part two or actually a standalone Supergirl movie? Uh, let's just go with you first. Mm. I don't think this is going to be her one and done. I Ooh, think okay. that if she is good, they definitely you will definitely see more of her. So I don't think that that's the case. I think that they are doing something to pretty much take up the slack of the Supergirl that we do see on TV, which is all now already, it's gone. Uh, there is still a fan base for that Supergirl that's on TV. There's a lot of people that still love it and disappointed that it's leaving. I mean, it's been on for a very, very, very long time. So this could be just what they're craving is the continuation of the, of right. the uh, television show. While the flash, while the Arrowverse and Flashverse storylines are ending on TV, this could be their introduction in. Um, mm -hmm. Mayhem, do you get your fingers crossed? Just like every other DC storyline that comes to play, you're hoping for the best of this. I, I agree with Leslie. Like Melissa is no star to scoff at. She can bring, you know, say she could bring the power and the juice when she's ready, as long as they give her a good script. And I mean, like a good script. Even if it's mediocre at best, she will. I think she'll kill it. Her acting will kill it, and she will make fans fall in love with her mm -hmm. as Supergirl. So now DC with this Flashpoint movie, guess who you got for the series? You can start fresh, DC. DC, come on, DC. Come on, DC. <laughs> come on, DC. You're like the last horse I betted on with my last dollar. Yeah. Okay, we can make this run. We are you spending? Are you really spending the coin now on this one? Like you're still spending the coin for it? You know what? I will support Melissa, and I would spend the coin to watch it. But I'm gonna watch it anyway. But I would definitely support it for her. As far as the Flash goes, as no, Ben Fleck as Bad Fleck. I'm Bad Fleck. Nah, I'm good. I'm sorry. A lot of people like him as Batman. I liked his scenes as Batman, but his motivation as Bruce Wayne and kind of the Batman. I don't like him. Miss me with it. It missed me okay. with it. At All least right. they should develop it, at least. 
Either or. Let's just hope for they recast Ezra Miller just in time to like start doing this movie the right way where everyone's happy with their Flash characters as they go on and so forth. Speaking of trilogies that we're also looking forward to, which I didn't know this was coming, and that is there is another Star Wars trilogy in play. When it comes to the world of Star Wars, it's, it seems that there is no good news as... Uh, uh, as Ian Johnson recently confirmed that he is still planning to develop a Star Wars trilogy for Lucasfilms. Uh, this was brought up during Investor Days uh, from the Walt Disney Company. Guys, is this already way too soon for us to get a Star Wars trilogy as we're still yes. on now Mandalorian? We're on Ahsoka. We're on Bad Batch. We're on all these Disney Plus storylines that are going to be around for the next, what seems like the next five years. Do we wait a little bit longer for the next Star Wars trilogy? Or are we hoping that these so-called Disney Plus series turn into a so-called trilogy? Uh, Mayhem, let's go with you first with this one. Listen, listen. I'm just going to say this. Too much too soon when it comes mm -hmm. to this Star Wars trilogy movie. All right? You've had some hits along the way, but you've had too many fails. How are you going to incorporate the magic and the lore of the, the shows to come so soon? We... Mandalorian didn't just okay, Pedro, 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 forever. Give me on the red carpet, Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> so, like, Pedro's <laughs> a great actor, you know what I'm saying? He's a great actor, and yes, he brought as much as he could to it, but we fell in love with the lore that's to come. Yes, it's a great storytelling. Yes, it's great actors. Yes, it's great graphics, but it's the lore, it's the building of the universe. Why are you talking about a Star Wars trilogy? For what? Who's alive? Who do we care about? If uh come on man, no, it's too much, too soon. I'm saving the check on this one. And if Bergie was here, I'd tell you he said he he saved the coin, goddammit. He'd save the coin. So you're saying let's let's not have a Star Wars trilogy just yet. Let's develop these so-called stories we have going without everyone jumping the so-called bandwagon of the next Star Wars movie. Is it because we're missing something during Christmas time? Or are we getting more? Because we all we're we're forgetting that you know Mandalorian season three, aka Boba Fett, is coming on. Pick all right, do you, do one you thing. Okay. I just one thing. Less is more. Back to my co-host, okay. Les. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yes, with, I do have more. <laughs> right. With with the Mandalorian season, uh starting, not sort of restarting, we'll say we'll get Boba Fett, the series, starting during Christmas, taking over the Mandalorian's uh, story plot. Is this the Christmas miracle that we've been waiting for? Could we just wait a little bit longer? Listen. <laughs> I noticed in the article that they used the word confusion. And whenever you have confusion in the article, whenever you have confusion, because this is causing confusion, that's what they did say, then you know yes. that this is not this is not going to be good. And real quick, what does confusion say? Yes. <laughs> so yes. So my opinion about it, it is too soon. I mean. We don't want to be inundated with Star Wars. We love the, I think it cheapens it if you keep doing this. If you're, if you're giving me more and more and more and I'm already full, it cheapens the lore. It cheapens what we, what we love about Star Wars. We love to have those breaks in between where we're starving for it. Give that to mm -hmm. us. Don't give us all these three, all this stuff. It's just going to be too much. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to, make us not want to enjoy 
the, the what we what we already have. You've already got us at Mandalorian. You got us at this whole cliffhanger thing that we're all waiting for. And you've got us at all of the spinoffs that are coming from the Mandalorian. Give us a little time to savor that. Yes. Before we do this. Yes. So you're kind of going, no, no, no. How do you like it? But how do you want it? Less <laughs> sort of. Sort of. That's exactly what you guys are exactly saying. While well, the song just now is just stuck in your heads. Now we're saying more, more, more. Get how do you like it? But it seems like none of you guys do want it. Less is more. Stick to what's working. That seems to be the Disney Plus storylines. And could we see a trilogy out of the out of those Disney Plus storylines that are happening? We should. We, we honestly should, should see that. Now I would wait. I would if if mm -hmm. once a season is like over or. It's, you know, we know that we're going to have a hiatus. I wouldn't mind seeing a big movie Ooh, in between. Yeah. Yes. You know, because we've been Me waiting for it. Yes. Or when the season's over, we could see, a, a you know, like a Mandalorian movie or a Baby Yoda movie, a Grogu movie. But hey, not right now. Not right now, no. please. Hey, Reggie. Hey, Reg. Listen. No, it's actually Mia, technically, guys. This is Mia on Facebook jail. Oh, using hey, Mia. Hi, Mia and Reg. Girl, she's using that name. Go ahead. Mrs. Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Star Wars' problem was that they tried to build a universe so big in three movies, and it's failed them a lot because there's missing so much missing lore and so much connectivity characters. Now you have the chance to build it in a universe, Disney Plus-wise, and honestly, I think three years, I think three years more so than you could talk about a movie. Right. Could Maybe this, four. Maybe right. four. Are we looking at what seems to be the new standard make television development episodes and then when you have something juicy like two yes. or three shows in one we'll make one epic to, movie oh, into we'll it? We'll go for that. We'll go for that. Hell Definitely. yeah. Hell yeah. And especially if they bring the characters from the TV show onto the big onto screen the big with screen? other... Come on. What? Come right. on. So Listen they're learning right us. from the Marvel verse right there. Use what you got. As you said, less is more. Use what you got. Don't expand it. Don't give us new characters. That new won't make idea. sense to the movie. And this logo, yeah. I actually forgot what I said. So you can write it down for me, please. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of stuff that won't get into the big screen, that is currently, I guess, an upset of Bam Margera not making it into the next movie. Not too long ago, or literally almost last year, Jackass was currently filming Jackass 4, but during this time, uh, Bam Margera was highly over the influence. And during this time, he was just learned that a lot of his scenes that he was filmed was cut. He's also been going on Instagram and social media stating that he is feeling better but due to the fact that he found out that all of his scenes are now cut, he's been demanding more out of the movie by starting his own cut bam out of the movie. And he's been very upset starting a campaign and also demanding or asking fans out of money. Now, we've seen this not too long ago, about almost 10 years ago. Steve-O went through the same also issue almost to the point where Johnny Knoxville and some of the cast members went to Steve's house to pick him up and take him to rehab. Is this seem to be the next thing in the whole jackass drama of maybe Bam needs to go to rehab and maybe his some of his scenes will end up in Jackass 4.5 or something like that on the DVD special? Guys with the history of Jackass and 
majority of these guys having a bad mental state from the beginning to right now. Mm. Was this a smart move by not having his issues on the big screen and seeing a non-sober Bam Margera? Um, let's go with you. So really quickly, um, I think you hit it right on a noggin. They had issues from before. And, you know, Hollywood or just fame, let me just say fame doesn't necessarily correct those issues. It just makes it worse or maybe better, depending if they should have gotten help. I think it was a great move not to show his disorder or some of the things that he went through on screen because then you're laughing at this man. And how can you say you're a fan or a friend to be laughing at somebody going through something that's really real? See, people seeing the downplay disorders until it happens to them or somebody close to them. You know what I'm saying? And people don't take it serious. Who knows what Bam has been going through? We only know but so much they're willing to tell us. So, Bam, you know, I understand you may feel that you're getting uh, left out. Maybe go get go get right first and then come back to this. Because you know what? You guys took off with Jack, Jack Butt. You know, I'll say that on this. Oh, I'll say Jackass because it's a Taylor. They say Jackass. And it was like a really great success to the point they wanted like five movies, you know, and you took your time and you had it the first two, whatever. And you guys got propelled into fame. And then with with fame came like drugs, addictions, all these other evils. I think they're doing the good thing by not showing Bam's disorder on the big screen. That's probably one of the most honorable things they can do. I actually agree because of the fact that you, if this person has a problem, why would you show him on the big screen? If he hasn't, if he isn't joining his cast members in having fun and laughing at one another and your issue is going to be, Hey, will he end up on a stretcher and not making it through a stunt because of his unsobrietyness? Another thing is too, like mental, like, like Reggie said, mental, mental health is no joke, right? But if you were to put it on screen and have people laugh at it, you're kind of training us to laugh at people with mental health issues rather than recognizing what they are and helping them. Correct. So you're part of the problem. Not you, whoever's watching, or you, Hash, but well, like whoever, they were to do, yes. yeah, whoever to put it. Yeah, that, whoever laughs at this type of issue is not right. part of the solution to become part of the problem. Yes. Leslie, your thoughts on the cast, including the director, removing BAM's sort of scenes as we as we're all agreeing, is this the save Bam's face that Bam doesn't seem to understand that? Hey, bro, get get help. We can always go back and film extra episodes and extra scenes for the extra DVD release or Blu-ray Blu uh, release. I'm not a fan of that show. Okay, uh, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm not a fan because at some point it was funny when they were young and everything. But I remember uh, in the article that Johnny Knoxville said, you know, when you get older, this gets funnier because you're older. No, when you get older, you have problems and you need therapy. I would have probably accepted this type of a film if it was maybe a reality TV show to show what happens when they go and they get help and stuff like that. And maybe recreating something a little bit more sophisticated than the nonsense that I used to watch on their show. I'm not a fan of this show. I don't think any of that is funny. I don't think any of it's funny. Obviously, to to partake in this type of humor, you know that there has to be some kind of drugs or or some kind of issues or mental state that these guys are in to do some of the things that they did. This was never funny to me at all. It was never a joke. Some of the stuff, some of the jokes that they did, I didn't find it to be funny. However, I would rather I would actually tap into seeing them get healthier, seeing them be uh, mature, seeing them actually have like real lives 
what happens to you after you you get this type of stardom out of all of a sudden. That to me is real. None of this nonsense that they put on. So I've never been a fan. We actually did. We had Viva La Bam that went almost seven to eight seasons, including their version of the newlyweds that happened on the show as well, too. And it seems like even on TV, Bam was always at, I have to film and sort of went going into a downward spiral to a point where after losing his best friend, Ryan Dunn, his sobriety went from here to literally almost, you know, uh, him going, being overweight and he seems like he needs more rehab than anything else. And I'm going to say this mental health is no, no laughing matter either. Go ahead, Leslie. It isn't. And I think that what a lot of people don't realize is most of the comedians that you have out there, they have a lot of struggles. This is why they laugh about it. There's a lot of depression when you are a comedian. If you've ever heard a comedian's real story, you can, you will hear yeah. that there's been a lot of, it's consistent about them and they Just cover it trauma. up with laughter. Yes. So, in my opinion, to revisit this movie when you know that one of your cast members needs help, it's best that they do that first, right. get him help, and then not have all this drama going on in the background. Mm -hmm. Their ambition is outweighing their friendship here. The guy obviously needs help. And if he cannot maintain this, if, if the stardom is the thing that he's chasing, he has to keep up a level of happiness, right. Or, okay. or senility, uh, some type of sanity as a result of this by drinking, then maybe this is something you need to just put down and not revisit. Right. It's it, you're, you're actually absolutely right. And we actually saw that in Viva La Bam when he actually lashes out, even not only with people around him, but even at himself or to himself as well too. But total disclaimer, guys, if you or anyone need any help and is asking and begging for help, please go and help them out find a prevention hotline or something like that or start an intervention for your friends doesn't matter it's never too late to have a conversation with your friends and put them in the right state of mind as well too but then just to keep them all happy guys just get them a nice body pillow from us and everything too which we have there at artist club that segue. oh lord that segue <laughs> too soon but i appreciate never, it never too soon because why you can't get them get them a, get them a nice pillow or a nice t-shirt of us from this week of pop culture get them a cut to check shirt by mayhem or by leslie or by myself as well too go to artistclub.ninja and make your frowning face into a happy face friend by joining our club which is the artist club guys <laughs> but, but i know you guys but seriously I, we do we do really yeah. feel that way you all if you are uh, having some difficulties and stuff, please, please reach out to somebody. You are not alone. There are a lot of us that are struggling through things yes. like that. You're not alone. Yes. Um, anyway, some things that we are not alone right now is, and that is our total excitement of, of the Wednesday Adams story that we have just been, that's going to be live for Netflix. And that is Adams family is, con is coming back to the world of live action because why we all know that cartoon version didn't do check. Um, but Tim Tim Burton is also coming back behind the my, the camera as well too. Um, just announced that last year that Tim Burton is going to direct a live action Adam Family series, uh, which he will be joined by Smallville producers as well too, uh, Gorge and Mil Miller, 
um, serving as, as executive pursuit, uh, serving as executive producers. Mm-hmm. The series is going to be an up and coming mystery about Wednesday while she deals with the supernatural occurrences <laughs> of Nevermore Academy. Um, does this seem like a Harry Potter esque type of movie where they put her now in high school and mm-hmm. what kind of storyline we're getting? Because fans wanting to get Christina Ricci in this and can we see Christina Ricci come in as playing a teacher? Um, Leslie, let's start with you. Are you excited to see a Adams Family live action movie? Well, I'm a huge fan of the Adams Family and I'm a huge fan of Wednesday Adams. And if they do get Christina Ricci to come in, then she's probably going to play uh, Morticia. They're probably going to have her play Morticia mm. uh, at some point where she plays her, you know, a rendition her of mother. her mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, a, a Wednesday Adams YouTube uh, actress that had a whole show that was hugely successful. And it was about her, you know, living out in the world, being an adult, uh, finding roommates, getting a job. It was actually kind of hilarious. And I think that if you take it down that road, if you keep it the, the way that we know of the Adams family with a little bit of comic, comedy and horror mixed in, uh, I think it'll be successful. I think it will be just as successful as Sabrina, which is now showing on Netflix. Yes. Uh, the, the, yes. If they make it that, if they make it dark like that with a little bit of humor. So I do feel that that, you know, Tim Burton, if anybody could do it, Tim Burton can. I just don't want it to be like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type of humor where it's just weird and it's not even. Yeah. That is a little, that is a little difficult to like swallow because of the fact that we liked uh we liked the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, Willy Wonka, Charlie Factory, Charlie and Chocolate Factory seemed to be a little dark or whatever. Wednesday Adam kind of fits the dark humor and everything. And if she and you for and we're all correct and hoping that Wednesday Adams plays you know like a Morticia s character. But there's something in particular that probably may have to looking forward to, and that is will MC Hammer return to do the theme song for Adams? Oh God! <laughs> no, it won't be. It won't be. I have nothing nice to say to you, sir. Uh, no, I agree with really. Les. <laughs> I agree with Les. Definitely, if they make it a mixture of Sabrina, like the Netflix, because that's exactly what I was thinking of. But add some humor; it'd be awesome. And you know what? I think what we're kind of looking for is a little bit more of a world explored and explained. If you keep the same tropes about it being too comedic or if it's too dark, we don't want to see that per se. We want a little bit more. Give us more. And you know what? I was actually thinking about this. I think Tim Burton is ready to be recognized for one more, one more project. This man is accomplished. He definitely could do it. Hell, if he came back to the Batman series, I would love to see that. You know, finish what you started in today's modern day digital graphics and actors. Like, come on. So I think he's like, you know what? I got one more in me. And I think he's going to surprise us. And he may get a movie that we're not expecting sometime later on. So I'm looking forward to it. Especially for Batman. Well, the rumor is that uh, Tim Burton is also rumored to do a sequel to The Number for Christmas. So if we get any type of exciting projects later down the line, yes, ladies and gentlemen, just like all three of us in the panel, we will be looking forward to hopefully seeing a sequel to uh, The Number for Christmas. Speaking of sequels and reboots and everything else, not too long ago or later earlier this week, we saw the posters of Mortal Kombat, and just the next day over, we saw the trailer for Mortal Kombat. 
And guys, as Mayhem and I discussed on Wednesday before, <laughs> as I said, including the posters and animation ones, now that the trailer is out, the original score has a new twist as well, too. I don't know. When is the movie going to actually be released? <laughs> uh, because at this rate, I'm tired of like guys like us who butcher the trailer for what it is. I mean, look, it's amazing. Let's stop butchering it. Yes. Let's get this movie going. Because why? You caught us for the first time. Warner Brothers did something for the second time. Warner Brothers has done something amazing. They have gotten us hook, line, and sinker. Real quick, you guys, let's start okay. with Leslie. What do you think of the trailer real quick? And are you looking for what what's the what's the one character you're looking forward to? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm? Oh my gosh. I got mine already. I can't wait. I, oh god. Uh, yes. Uh it has to be. Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot here because I, I thought everybody looked great. I thought everybody, I guess Scorpion. Okay. Um, but I have to tell you that that movie is coming out sometime soon because I just spoke about this uh, on Bitnapple the other day that Meghan Brooks is, you know, I follow him on Instagram and I noticed that he was in some kind of tropical area. And I was thinking that maybe he was taking a retreat somewhere and getting himself all, you know, metaphysical or whatever. But he's actually been filming this. He's been filming this. Because I'm expecting that they've gone to this, this tropical island to fight the fight scenes that we all know happen on that island in Mortal Kombat in the movie. So the past movie. So I am excited just to see everything about it. The minute I saw this, I had hope. I was like, please, 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 Warner, don't mess this up, please. <laughs> and it, and it seems like, especially with the trailer we just saw, they delivered something amazing. And especially with the open, the first epic scene of how does Jax get his arm ripped off? The yeah. answer is already in the trailer. But just like everything else, how does he come back after having a enemy like Sub Zero go out and rip out his arms? Doesn't. He doesn't. Does he doesn't. Know. He doesn't. He's not. I'm sorry, Jax. You're my guy, but you're not going to win. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say that. Because I think here's what something I'm, a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that it's not uh, the original reason why he got his cybernetic arms. But in my opinion, as far as writing goes, the fact that they have he has so much to lose and so much to fear when he has to fight him is going to make that fight so good. It's going to make that fight so good because you know, think about it. If you're going against your worst enemy, somebody that ripped your arms off and you got to fight them. Oh, my gosh. Listen. All right. All right. Mayhem. Mayhem. That's exactly who I appreciate you both. But we all know fans are going to see that Scorpion versus Sub-Zero battle. Okay. X is the, you know, is the second tier, per se, who I'm looking forward to on April 16th. Okay. I'm going to go watch this movie. I'm looking forward to seeing Johnny Cage. We didn't see any trailer image of Johnny Cage. He might not be there, but I'm hoping they're like, he's in there, and I want him to say Martha. He's like, Martha? I just want Johnny. him to say that. <laughs> I wanted to say that and just be comedic and just go about whatever. But definitely I'm looking forward to Johnny Cage. And I'm also looking forward to seeing, honestly, Shao Kahn. Like, what's going on? What is the story? All the characters, all the, uh, for the actors and actresses that are playing look legit. 
They look legit, even Melina. So, like, I'm looking. I don't want to see any more trailers. I'm supposed to watch the restricted trailer, but I don't want to watch it. Honestly, I don't like just surprise me, surprise me and let me see what you're going to do and kill me with this story. Like kill me, make me a believer. Why? The hype is already real. We're, as I said before, we are hook, Listen, line, movie yes, already. Give it to us February, now. We're in February, March, April. I don't need to see anything else. It's going to ruin the movie for me. It's going to ruin. They already have a restricted trailer, which shows some fatalities and whatnot. I want to be surprised. I want to be like, oh my God, they included I, that. Do you find it you. a little ironic that the movie literally erotic. starts the, No, ironic in the fact that this will. If you're looking at Maycad Brooks, if you're looking at Maycad Brooks, maybe. <laughs> hey, hey uh, don't you find it a little ironic that the second Falcon and Winter Soldier is over, we get Mortal Kombat, the movie, kind of like an instant timeline, we'll say? Yeah, I kind of feel like they're just trying to keep up and also compete. You know what I'm saying? It, like, what what is DC and Warner really releasing? That's like right. That's gonna you know be what I'm amazing. saying. That's gonna be Besides, amazing. We're just trying to like, hey, we're still here. Buy our stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like, well, since that DC's out of the picture right now, we have King Kong versus Godzilla, and we have Mortal Kombat for you guys. Two movies that you'd be talking about all about this year, and not about Justice League. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is what I want to say, and I've said this to you all before, and I expressed this that, you know, there was a lot of shakeup at the top at Warner Media and DC. So I think right now what we're getting is we're seeing the new people come in, and we're seeing the new content being released, and we're seeing the resurgence of the change that is happening at Warner Media and DC. So that's what you are seeing. So we're excited about two major trailers that came out. We're like, oh my gosh, this looks so freaking, you know, amazing. You are now witnessing that. You're now witnessing the change. Because what we had in the past was part Trash. of the old was part of the old regime. This right. is the it, new this I is the new one coming up. Well, it, it seems to be exactly right. Give the fans what they want. And right. that is King Kong versus Godzilla. The talking about story franchise story franchise we've been asking for since the release of the first uh, Kong um uh, what is the Skull Island version? And then we also got the Godzilla King of Monsters. I'm like, is this finally going to happen? And with Mortal Kombat, since every single gamer in the world is completely still obsessed with the storyline, and people just said, just give us a animated version similar to the video game, and we'll be happy with that movie as well too. And it seems that the producers of the movie have answered the fans of giving us a trailer directly from the video game. And I'm hoping this cast makes it into, you know, Mortal Kombat, the movie video game, hopefully right. down the line. Wait, what? We have what? a trailer from the movie? I mean, from the video game? No, that was the whole idea. This oh, was, oh, I see what you're saying. This was. This was. We got to end this show. We got to watch this trailer. Hold on now. <laughs> no, no, no. This was, that was, that was their whole thing. It was yeah. the fact that they made a trailer similar to what you play, watch in the video game. When you watch the intro scene of Mortal Kombat, yeah. the, the video game, that's exactly what you saw in the trailer, almost scene by scene, as if you just watched a Mortal Kombat 10 into Mortal Kombat 11, including the Aftermath um, DLC spinoff. That's what fans wanted. That's what fans got in the trailer. And guess what? That's what you guys are hyped about because yeah. that's what you got. That's what you saw. Uh, have you heard this new thing about the fact that people were saying that they didn't hear the song in the trailer? I heard oh, that it was song all, the all over the trailer. Yeah. Oh, 
that new updated song, if you forget, that was a new updated score for the trailer and hopefully be playing through the movie. I get it. You want to hear Modern yeah. Combat. Did it, did it, did it. We, we, we all know, right? It's, it's 1996. I'm right, it's 1996 all over again. We want the club beat, dance beat, whatever. We get it. You we know, we it. want. We might hear glow it sticks. In the film. Next we time I come to the it. show, I'm gonna have I'm... glow sticks. <laughs> I'm, I'm legitly waiting for like the sound of Mortal Kombat to go running through the screen and everything as well too. But you know. Hopefully we'll we'll get it sometime in, in the movie because why we're all hype we're all waiting we're all yes. excited get and, over here and something that you go you guys are all hyped and you're excited for guys go to artistclub.ninja to pick up your cut the check shirts this week in pop culture artist club shirts and much much more including t-shirts masks pillows and ooh so much more including stickers and magnets so go to artistclub.ninja and make us yours speaking of stuff that's going to be yours which is coming back and everything and that is punisher and jessica jones turning back into Live action rights to Jessica Jones and Punisher have reverted back to the Marvel Studios after multiple uh, tenure with uh, Netflix. The characters were subject to uh, tremendous popular shows along with Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage when Disney had revived their plans to launch their own streaming service. Um which would uh, uh, rival Netflix. Netflix canceled all of their Marvel titles and yep. the move will shock the fans uh, to the success of their properties. Dumb move, Netflix, sorry. Uh, the rights to the characters remain uh, with Netflix for two years after they were canceled. Uh, that window and now officially closed, meaning that Jessica Jones and Punisher are eventually making their way back to Marvel Studios. With Jessica Jones and Punisher having been the last shows of being canceled by Netflix, this now means Marvel characters, which were licensed by Netflix, are now reverted back into the Disney spotlight. Um, Leslie, let's start with you. Are you excited that Jessica Jones is on, well, soon to be on the Disney Plus app and much, much more. And hopefully we'll get a, a new season out of Jessica Jones and Listen. hopefully a new Defenders or a better Defenders storyline out of this oh. stuff. No, please, look at no. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yes, and a recasting of some of the characters. Okay, so here's the thing. If they put all the old Jessica Jones episodes on Disney, I would be happy because that means a residual check for me. So I'm excited about that. But I am so amazingly excited about that. I hope that when they do bring them over and they do do a revitalization of those two shows, which were usually popular, that they keep the same cast. Get, take those fans from Netflix and bring them right on over to Disney streaming because mm. people are going to want to watch it and they're going to want to revisit it and they want to see more stories. And I do believe that Luke Cage left too soon. Give us more of that. And if we're going to have the new um, team, well, do a recasting, a little recasting with some real authentic people that know how to do martial arts. Oh. And I will be so <laughs> happy with that, I'm so excited. I, I, I'm telling you, I have been waiting for this. When I got cast on Jessica Jones, I did like a whole little, you know, little video about it and everything. And I said that I was going over to Disney. So now it's true. You are now a Disney princess, Leslie. Congratulations. Yes. 
Thank you. Speak, speak of a devil who has magically joined us. Uh, speak the, of the Disney princess. <laughs> the detail, uh, the devil's in the details. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bergie. Bergie, your hey, thoughts Bergie. on Jessica Jones and Punisher eventually, you know, now being in the hands of Marvel? I I think it's a great idea. You know, they finally are reverting, reverting back to where they belong to go with the other cast and the other characters. This can definitely tie into a lot of different series is what they can do with the Punisher. Maybe you could have a cameo with a Spider-Man. You could do something Deadpool. There's other characters that he's intertwined with. Um, I just like to see what they're going to do with it for the violence aspect of it, because Disney still likes to keep stuff not so, you know, violent and everything uh so the guns and the that type of stuff i'm gonna be curious to see what they're gonna do with that uh also how well is the punisher gonna go over in the new disney era with everything that's attached to it is gonna be an interesting thing jessica jones i think is a, a great area because there's already rumors that she's gonna be part of the new she hulk uh tv series so yes. we're gonna see her already there so she's back in the Marvel Universe. Now, where were they going to put her? What storylines are they going to go with? Are they going to continue with the existing storylines? Are we going to get a better Defenders? Will they recast somebody as, you know, Power Man? There's a lot of different things. I Danny Rand, that guy is hot trash. Get rid of him. Please give me somebody <laughs> that actually looks like he was martial arts. Oh, Dude, my I, I, God. I, I, met that, I met that man. I met that man in person at Comic-Con, and I literally told his agent, your client is hot trash as Danny Rand. Like, legit. And oh, she even, my God. She looked at me, and she goes, I agree with you 100%. Oh, like, that's how that. bad. Funny got his serious. check. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Oh. right. That's I, about I, all I feel like. Got. I feel like I feel like so much that should be cast into the cast of Iron Man. That's what he got. Should be Mr. Michael Mayhem. You know, cut him a check as well too. Mayhem, your thoughts on you know Marvel and their freshly renowned properties? And let, let's add to this: Did Netflix make a bad move and just yes. stopping what they were doing? Yes. And just yes. Yes. Heard about this? Yes. Yo, we all know Netflix is Mr. Throw the bag away. Go ahead, just spend the bag on whatever. Right. Net Punisher and Jessica Jones was arguably Netflix's Marvel's highest properties that they had of Marvel that made so much revenue. You cannot tell me Punisher. Punisher alone. Oh, come on. Just burnt all like he killed it. And then Jessica Jones, I personally love too. It was a great series. I think uh season two, everybody was kind of like confused. I don't understand why. But the fact that Marvel has them back in their hands, now we can kind of get Luke Cage and the whole Jessica Jones love thing going on, and the baby and the heroes for hire. What I see, it seems like nobody likes Danny Rand. Unfortunately, Danny, uh maybe yeah. next year, you know what I'm saying? But then imagine Punisher on a Marvel budget yo Ooh, that would be dope no. it, i mean he did great on a punisher okay he did great on a netflix budget right but yep. then they also bring back the same kingpin that we know and love and they put him on a disney marvel budget it's going to blow our mind the bar has been set netflix you messed up or maybe you couldn't afford them whatever the case is i'm ready for it take my money Cut my check. <laughs> Cut the check. Yeah. And you're absolutely right because we saw what Netflix has done. And granted, they kind of dropped the ball on Luke, Cage, Luke Cage's uh, second season when it came to like bad writing and stuff like that. And yeah. Iron Fist, as you guys all like to say, was hot trash from the very, very beginning of it. And when it came to Defenders, it just made no sense whatsoever because yeah. if you didn't like Iron Fist in the series, 
you aren't going to like uh, the, the defenders at all, too, with him being a leading man. He was supposed to be a bigger leading man than Daredevil himself, and that failed to be the difference. And I will agree on every single one of you guys when it comes to Disney and that big budget. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage getting easily revitalized and having a stronger storyline, a stronger budget? And hopefully we get a stronger stories out of these characters as well, too. Uh, uh, Bergy, one more time, and then we'll go with Mayhem. I was going to say, think about what Daredevil was able to accomplish on a Netflix yes. budget. Yes. And they they had some of the best action fight scenes. That hallway scene that they filmed and everything, Ooh, still yes. hands down, Stop. one of the best fights. And that was on a Netflix budget. You give that Marvel money? Come on now. That was a Netflix like shoestring budget. That was that was, that was shoestring budget. They're balling money out there. That that fight scene would have been 20 minutes long and it would have been even 10 times better what they <laughs> than what they accomplished. That would have been so, a two-parter. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I agree with what Mayhem was saying. Like they had some great services here. I know, right, Mayhem? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to, you know, steal <laughs> your mind right here. Times everybody agrees <laughs> with me. But you think about what they were able to accomplish in those series were one of their best series. I do believe Netflix did drop the ball. But then again, I also wonder how much pressure did they get from Disney and yeah. Marvel for this? Did they do oh, something in the background? Like, you gotta pay me this if you want to keep these titles. And they went, Yeah, too rich. Take it back. We'll, right. we'll back. Up. Yeah. And I think that's what they did. They got some other titles in there. They're working on, you know, locking key and other ones, but they, they're missing some big time money here with this, with especially what Marvel's doing. So. Yeah. Netflix dropped the ball hard. Yeah. Punisher and Jessica were uh, the highest popularity, the uh, properties of Marvel that Netflix has. Like that's after daredevil. It was, it, mm -hmm. it, honestly, it was daredevil first. Jessica Jones, and Jessica. then Punisher was like right here because yep. yeah. we weren't expecting that from Punisher when he featured on Daredevil and then got his own series. We were like crazy, right? When you had Kilgrave like act in that way, yes. when yes. you were a big, yes. when yes. you are a big Doctor Who Harry Potter fan, especially a fan of David Tennant, and you mm -hmm. saw him act more sinister than ever before. Dude, cut that man a big fact check. Give him a Golden Globe or an Emmy Award because he was yes. the best in the series. I just want to say one last thing. Even if, even if we get a subpar Jessica Jones or Punisher, which I don't think we'll get because we'll get a great story. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to start introducing superheroes, mutants, and stuff in these stories that we're going to later see on screen. Mm -hmm. Come on. How could you not be that? Kevin. Kevin. I know you hear me, Kevin. What are you doing, Kevin? What are you doing? I live in Brooklyn. You need to visit me and blow my mind and just say yes. He just uh, pretty, yes. Uh, pretty just knocks in the but door. He, you're right. Leave. Pretty much Kevin Feige gave gave everyone a wild goose chase. But before we get into the wild goose chase, <sighs> that is apparently Star Wars has actually announced or soon to be announcing their Ezra Bridger. And that is uh Mina Masood of the Aladdin movie will soon be joining the cast of uh, Ahsoka as he will be cast as Ezra Bridger. As we all know, uh, Masuda has not been doing anything since the Aladdin premiere. And if you were a big fan of Rebels, the first three episodes were talking about a little street rat, a little poor boy who had nothing for himself, pretty much describing Aladdin. And pretty much Aladdin fits that description as well, too, of who Masuda's character was in Aladdin as well, too. Uh, uh, Leslie, let's start with you. Do you feel like this is the perfect cast that uh, uh, that uh, technically Disney and Star Wars has done right now? Yes. 
he looks just like the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, and, and uh, that's what no, matters. No, it's not that's what matter. I mean, the guys, you know, he has, he could play that role. He could play yes. that role. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. I'm just excited. Let just bring it on. Whenever you're ready, come on, let's bring it on. I, I think I couldn't think of a perfect person to do that role. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Uh, Bergie, I mean, Mayhem, let's go with you. Um, are you excited to see Masu take on the role of Ezra, especially with, with everything happening with the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka storylines? Is this what the fans want? A little twist of Aladdin happening? Yeah, they want it. Uh, uh, it is. It is a twist of Aladdin. Uh, I'm eh about it because Leslie and Bergie are all excited for it. So immediately <laughs> I'm not excited for it. But I think list. it's dope. <laughs> I think it's dope for the representation. I think he has the acting chops to do it and to give us our fans our just due. So I'm excited for it. And it is what the fans want because we want more lore and we want people that look like the lore. Come on. Come on. Like, let's do it. Let's do this. Boom. Right. Mayhem. I, I mean, uh, Bergie, I know you're a huge fan. I know because why you two have switched for the day. So it's kind of <laughs> messing me up right now. Well, I look down, I'm literally expecting uh, Mayhem, but you're right next to me today, which makes it so much awesome. Hi. Hi. Uh, anyway, uh, Bergie, we've been talking about Rebels like there's no tomorrow. Is this, you know, are you excited? I am. I think this is one of the best castings that they're going to do in the series. I Ooh. love Rosario Dawson as their cast of Ahsoka. I hear that, she's perfectly set. You know, Ooh. I... What what I I'm said gonna, wrong. Now I said, continue, you hear continue. that hash? He likes... Re- he like, mm, good. good. Yeah, good. I, like, I like it. Uh, I think he's a great representation for the character. I like where they're going with it because now they're going to age him a few years where he's going to be in his mid to late 20s, maybe early 30s. So we know that timeline is going to be where they should be taking place. He has the action sequences. He did it in Aladdin. He was also in uh, Jack Ryan on Amazon. He's done some other stuff. So I definitely like this guy for the perfect character. Um, I definitely think he's going to be the one that we can do. Uh, that's they're going to build on this. I like it. And I know what you say hash is like the neat thing, Aladdin stuff like that, because, you know, the street rat and Admiral Thrawn technically is blue. So is he the genie? I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> I like who they have cast to for that. The guy that they've got cast for that, I think, is an excellent suit. I- I'm looking forward to the storyline. You're going to see Sabine Wren. We're going to get a lot more with that type of storyline. That's going to probably I when it is Soka, I think that's going to be one of the highest rated series that they're going to have on Disney right now for Star Wars. That's going to blow Mandalorian out of the water. I really do believe it. Hey, wow. if they throw if they More throw rival. in two lines from episode one and two from the season one Rebels series, which is straight up out of Aladdin, you can cut me a nice fat check. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't gonna do it. They ain't gonna do it. They, they will. They've known. Look, look. They've known for throwing the little, the little nostalgia here and there, and we've gotten a lot of nostalgia. So just time will tell where mm-hmm. they're gonna throw these little little pieces in. And speaking about that lovely nostalgia, ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. Yeah. Spores lure ahead. Please stay, but please, you know, we have visions. Lots ah. of them. <laughs> and that is, we are going right into episode seven, the fourth wall, which I thought was a real good Deadpool reference real quick for that one. But that wasn't just a Deadpool reference. That was a TV show reference of their show called Modern Family. But before yeah. we jump into that one, today we start our episode with Wanda in bed, uh, she moves her head uh, to the other side of the bed and notices Vision isn't there. She looks up um, 
and our episode is taking place into a modern family style and she's on the couch talking about her own uh, about her marriage uh, she says, letting our fears and anger get the best of us, intentionally expanding the borders of the false world we've created. Mm. <laughs> Next cut is to uh, Sword Base, where the Hex is expanding and capturing um, the Sword Base and all the people on the base. Next, we go into the ep- uh, next we go into this scene where Wanda is still in bed um, and she sighs. Then the twins run in. The twins wonder. Uh, when Wanda will be getting out of bed because their video games are freaking out where the controllers turn from Wii controllers to Ooh. N64 controllers to Atari controllers and last day the controllers turned into old school Uno cards back to the bedroom we go and Tommy says that his head is feeling weird and it's really noisy Wanda doesn't seem to care um, but Wanda wants to have a me day and removes her covers, and she is still in her 90s Wanda costume. Next, we see the twins are fighting over the Wii controller. Wanda comes down the stairs, doesn't seem to care at all, and the twins turn to each other confused. Wanda walks right into the kitchen, grabs a bottle of almond milk. Wanda then grabs the ingredients to make herself a bowl of cereal. She turns around, and the milk has turned into whole milk, and the confused state, she grabs the milk, pours it into her cereal, then places the milk back down, and the uh, the bottle turns into a milk carton into an old school glass bottle, and back to the modern family couch she goes to as she is confused because it's just another Monday. Um, Mayhem, let's go with you with the yes with the intro that we just saw in wandavision of her in the costume the boy is confused tommy's head feels a little weird why because he hears voices in his head what do you let's go with that first of all what i want to know is how much did they get paid uh uh, to have their console in this episode we had atari we had we had a we we even had uno cards you know hash we've been arguing with the creators of uno for the last three years because they don't know how to play their own game all right you definitely can't put a draw two on top of another true i don't know what you talk about all right that's how it's always been played all right (laughs) if i call examples i can add something else on top of it with a draw for a while you heard me but i think it's really funny because here it is except on wanda's pillow there were nothing but hexes around it Yes. You know, hexes that for aim for uh Doctor Strange when he uses the portal and all this other stuff. Uh, the, the kids come in, we all know one of them is definitely uh, telepathic and she doesn't care, and everything is falling around, uh, falling out from all to her. And she's like, whatever, she's just trying to have a date herself, but she's really dealing with trauma, and it's just because she kind of lost vision. But at the at the same time, did you notice that when it started the whole intro, it just said Wanda until the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're not Mom, going to the intro yet. Mom and Dad had a fight. Yes, they did. Um, Leslie, let's let's finish off with you with this segment. What did you think about the modern family style that was literally in the first scene of WandaVision? I loved it. I loved it. You know, I I have to tell you, this was such an exciting episode and I can't go any further than that because we are going to be talking about the intro after that, which is something that I did notice in the intro. But I'm going to tell you what I loved about this is the fourth wall. The fourth wall segment of this whole episode and people talking to camera and actually divulging what's really going on in their mind because we haven't seen that part of any of that through this whole series. 
of them actually sharing their actual feelings, mm. actually sharing their actual feelings. The fact that, you know, Wanda is talking to us and saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, yeah. but you know like, that she really is it. She's mm -hmm. not, she, she's not mentioned that throughout the whole series. So, uh, I really love to the, the, the whole shifting of the milk, because now we are drinking almond milk. And back in the day, it was full milk. It was, yep. you know, the things you milk. Yeah. yeah, I loved all of that. I loved just the, you know, the the way that she felt like that you had an argument and, I, you know, you all aren't married. But I am saying that, and, and, and well, I would say mayhem's almost. But I would say this is it. <laughs> this is true. This, this, this is almost. When you have a fight, when you have a fight with your significant other and you sit there in the bed the way that she was sitting, yes. Exactly. The way that she was sitting, uh it laying in her bed and you know they could like, have oh. they they could have easily thrown that Beyonce twist right there, especially yeah. first in that first scene. They really could have thrown it. I hate it you. Sort of, it, but it was just really good. You could tell what she's really now is she's really feeling her depression and she's coming to the realization that she is really depressed, but she's been trying to hold on to it and she's not. And the whole feeling of her being tired and just needing a moment alone is part of the stages of depression and loss. Yes. And that's what she's experiencing. So I've really connected with that. Wow. You know, so it's really so good and so well, just genius, just genius. Now go ahead, Virgie, you can talk, but then, oh. then we can get to the... Well, Virgie's going to get into our next segment, and that is Next cue, the office style intro on music that happened directly afterwards. Um, as this man jumped ahead and said, real quick, uh, Bergie, your thoughts on that awesome, exciting. Now we got like two, you know, shows that everyone likes Modern Family jumping right into the quick office intro with the D, 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 and it had its own music too that was very office similar with it the way they did the the thing it was definitely a mashup of between the office and you know modern family i did like a lot of the references back between the two of those my one issue is she expanded the the hex and went crazy but didn't go looking for her husband yeah right. what's up with that like come well, on no, no yeah i'm just no, gonna i'm gonna no, save him i'm gonna save him but then i'm gonna go to bed no right she's a she's a me day that's first of all. First of all, she's a she's a woman of the twenty first century. She's not going to go look for her husband if he's mad. He ain't going to come home anyway. So the thing is, that she's going to let him go ahead and do his thing, and then come back when he's ready to come back. She is not going to go look for him. She's been trying to control him through this and also, whole show. And also, she has the twins to worry about. Yes, right, she has that's the twins. True. Right, but that's the single point. mother of current twenty first century aspect of. The single mom aspect of I got to take care of the kids. The husband can wait later. He created another one, said, and he's and she said it. He she, he said, "Where's dad?" And she goes, "Well, he don't want to be here. Then he don't want to be here." Mm. She totally mm. did. She all she had right. to do was do her head like that. Mm -hmm. All right, going up, <laughs> going on, everything too. Next, we go back into the base. Wait, wait. This seems to be a brand new base. Swords new temporary retreat uh, on the new base. Hayward is met with a new agent. And they talk about the signal uh, being gone. Well, is it? If anyone knows, by then, TV signals have changed from analog to digital, antennas to satellite. But Hayward didn't know that. Um, changes are either there and didn't know that as well, too. Next, we get a shot of the hex. And it seems to be in the shape of a house. But is it? Uh, Leslie, you kind of jumped on ahead. What's going on there? 
No, 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 no. Actually, I wanted to say something because we kind of like skimmed over the intro, the office intro. But I don't know if you all noticed that uh, that there was a tape, a cassette tape that had Wanda's name on it and it had master above it. And did you notice the vanity plates had a yes. date on it? Yes. The vanity plate on the top date was the birth date of Stan Lee, our our Lord and Savior, Stan Lee. So yes, there was a few as well too. And of course, the calendar that ended on the 6th slash 10th of the month, no one realized that it switched from 9 to yes. 10, 10 as if we all know the episode ends in nine, but is there a so-called 10th episode? That's a little spoiler as well, too. But going into like the next scene, what mm -hmm. did you guys notice that how did Hayward forget that, you know, our signals, especially now going from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, now going into the modern time, forgetting that things have gone to digital to analog antennas to satellites as well too and Hayward forget that there's still a signal but he's got the wrong equipment right now because they went with what Darcy had going on and Darcy's now in the hex um mayhem let's go with you it's easy to write off that he's not technologically advanced but I said he's a scroll he's a scroll and I knew it they don't confirm it in this episode but he's a scroll okay or he's not from here you know right. what I'm saying because I give you know what my grandfather who has a TV from back in the day where you had to bang it on the side, turn the channel three. He knows what a digital sound, <laughs> he knows what a digital signal is. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So if he uh, didn't know, he's not from here. Is what I'm saying. Thoughts on that little uh, notion as well too. How did Hayward all of a sudden forget? You know, certain technological advances from one era to another era. I don't think he forgot. I just don't think he cares right now. Like right. he is hell bent on getting back his piece of, you know, uh, weaponry. That's right. all he views. He wants to get in there, get his piece of weaponry back. That's all he cares about. He had the the analog signal because he had a scientist that figured out. Obviously, some of the minds he has there is not working properly. That what he needs, and he lost what a good seventy five percent of his people mm -hmm. are now part of a traveling circus because that's what Wanda all thought they were, were clowns. So she made them all clowns. <laughs> you know, basically straight up. Like, that's yes. what she did. She thought they were clowns, made them all clowns and everything. And you saw the main henchmen. Like, that, that's what it is. He that, doesn't that, have the right that, people that, around that, him. That, that, and that, he sorry, is trying to basically get in there. And he just wants to get, uh, you know, uh, vision. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't care. So speaking speaking of vision, next we see vision on the on the field floor and everything, and he seems to be back intact. And he's in the middle of the circus, as we all said as, as of right now. And as you know, the sword bay, uh, and as you know, he's in the middle of the sword face, aka the circus. Uh, Vision looks confused and is greeted by the members, uh, by a member of the circus, wondering if he's a new clown and, and that he's late for his rehearsal <laughs> with the escape artist. We look over, and Darcy is the one who is the escape artist, as she seems to be chained on an old fire truck. Next, we see a quick little mon her modern family monologue. Uh, that is Darcy as well, too. Vision notices Darcy, and Darcy thinks Vision is hitting on her, breaks out of her chains, and starts walking away. Guys, now you know that question is now answered. What happened to Darcy as she crossed through the hex? She is an escape artist. Uh, Leslie, let's go with you because I know you're a huge fan of Darcy's of the Darcy character. What are your thoughts when she is now the escape artist at that moment? Oh my gosh, her lines are priceless. Her lines are priceless. Uh, her inner monologues are priceless. 
Um, I, I think that it's so apropos. She still is herself. You know, everybody else is completely conformed into a circus act. Even though she's an escape artist, she's still Darcy. If you all take a look at that, she didn't have the, the memory. She's, she's still witty. Still she's still witty. She's still, yeah, she's right. still herself. She's still herself. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the, uh, the gentleman who plays Vision is such a, a, an amazing actor. And I would tell you when I realized that what of an amazing actor he is. And I, I, Lord, forgive me because I cannot remember his name. But yeah, he was, yes, Paul. He was, so the, the scene that he was talking to her and he was saying to her, we had a moment last night. <laughs> the way that he said it, the way that he said it, if you were listening to that conversation, you'd think that he was thinking that, you know, he picked her up at a bar and everything. But well, then actually, he went back to he went back into you know you know we talked and you you reckon you knew something was going on, just that snap of that insin uh, that um innuendo of thinking that they had a, com a conversation like that and her making the comment afterwards saying a uh, creeper that she called him a creeper, you know. It was just priceless. The writing was just amazing. I loved it. What if what if I told you those several lines between him and Darcy goes back to his second breakout movie of a tennis movie called Wimbledon, mm -hmm. where where Kristen Dunst calls him a creep and he says, We made eye contact. This wow. goes back to Wimbledon for his what? second breakout movie. Prior to his other breakout movie, which was a Knight's Tale, opposite yes. of Heath yes. Ledger, he played Chancellor. Oh, yes. Yes. So yes. I know a lot of people miss that line where he said, "Like, if you're a big Wimbledon fan, especially that movie, that line or that little segment came directly from the movie Wimbledon, which was his other breakout role, which got him cast as the voice of Vision. And guess who's who? Guess who else was in that movie? Mister John Favreau. <gasps> playing his oh agent. Hash, I'm yes. impressed. I'm impressed. That's you always got to go back and watch those amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, let's finish the segment off with uh, Burgie. Your thoughts on that little quick walkthrough with Darcy and Vision going back to back and calling Creeper, and she's coming out as the escape artist. You could definitely see Darcy's like, yes, she changed her into an escape artist because she was, you know, chained to a uh, a truck. But she can't change her her personality, yeah. so you can see her personality still stuck through. Where a lot of the other characters, they were no personality. That's why they certain clowns, the strong men, stuff like that. But she had a personality. And the way her her witty repertoire is absolutely amazing. They did a great job, and I like how she just broke through the chains, just kept walking, and she's walking away from him. And then finally, it's like, oh look, and he zapped her. Like great. Scene. We're not up to and, that yet. Oh, sorry. You know what I'm saying? But stop the, the, jumping ahead, Bergie. <laughs> Three, two it's more seconds. Two wait, more wait, seconds. Wait, wait. One more second. I think we all jumped ahead at least. The whole panel yeah. jumped yeah. ahead. We're all jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah because oh, because yeah. why? Because next we go back in the house where the twins are playing video games, and Wanda says to twins that <laughs> ask if they've seen Vision. Tommy then turns to Wanda uh, and mentions Pietro's name, and Wanda says, uh, "Don't believe anything that man says. He is not your uncle." And then the twins look very confused. Billy then says, who is he? Wanda doesn't seem to have a clue or an answer to who Pietro is. Uh, Mayhem, let's go with you. This next segment where Pietro is now being questioned and Wanda says, that's not your uncle. 
does she even know who his uncle is? Because Wanda's now confused. So when I saw this, I had no exact idea, but this is a hint. I'm not gonna say it because my producer Hash is gonna spank me again, and I don't want that. But this was all a hint as to what well the unanswered question of who Pietro is. And we don't get the answer yet. We're looking for it, but we don't get it. But we all thought, like, yo, that that's her brother. That's her multiverse brother, which they'll explain somehow, some way. But then it also lets us know that she's also cut him off. Because when she did the hiya hex on him, and I was just like, are they still going to be friends after this? <laughs> Notice he wasn't around so far in the episode. Yeah. He wasn't around in this episode at all, we'll say. You're jumping um, ahead, Hash. <laughs> keep the moderator in line Leslie your thoughts on the whole Pietro segment of that's not your uncle she knew it was her she knows who he is that's why she couldn't explain that Ooh. he's not your uncle that I know but that he I is know. your uncle yeah yeah he is your uncle he still is my brother yeah but she couldn't say you know she couldn't say that he's from a different universe or whatever um yeah, I, you know, I. it's interesting that he wasn't in it, but I think that, you know, you'll find out later on why he's not in it. And she she didn't kill him. She just wrote him out. She right. just wrote him out, you know, because he because some of the things that he has said in the previous episode means that he pretty just went rogue with the script. He just mm. did his own thing. And she liked him being there because she knows of the loss of him. So the presence of her brother being there was still filling a void for her. Right. But it, he was causing too much problems because he's just given too much of the, he's going, he's stepping ahead, just like you tell us not to. So Can that's I say what one it thing? is. Can I say Go one on. thing? I think Pietro and Darcy are a form of Nexus beings. And we're going to get to what the word Nexus is, but keep that in mind. Right. Okay. But well, I next said that before. Right. I just didn't, know what, did. it was. You've I right. just didn't know what it was. Okay. Right. Uh, next, there's a knock on the door, and Wanda uses her powers to open the door. And who walks in? Agnes herself. <laughs> Wanda continues to have a carefree day. Agnes looks at the camera, and Agnes herself now has a modern, um, <laughs> a modern family monologue as well, too. Yes. Agnes suggests to take the boys out of the house. Agnes promises not to bite the boys. Whoops. <laughs> you cheeky woman. Uh, Wanda thanks Agnes and says, um, "There's is there anything I can do? Agnes quickly talks about a mole on her back, just like a monkey on her back will say, uh, that she just can't seem to get to start <laughs> to get off and then quickly starts to lift her shirt. Uh, wait a minute. Down she's ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Agnes uh, walks the twins out the door and you see a, a happy Wanda with a house all to herself. Wanda takes one bite of her cereal and chaos is now surrounding her. Uh, changes uh, start to be happening around the house. Wanda quickly uses her magic and changes everything back. While back on the couch, uh, Wanda says uh, that she's fine, repeating that segment that she's fine while looking stunned, crazy, and confused. Leslie, let's, let's go with you with Agnes walking in the door and then ending it with you know, Wanda saying over again that she's fine. She's she's fine. She's Leslie, fine. please say it. Please say it, Leslie. Please say it. Please say it. We don't know mayhem. Say so bad. Say say what? Say what? Go ahead. No, you know what? Mayhem, take it. Take it. Go ahead, mayhem, mayhem, you say it. 
Beetle. The mole on her back was such an obvious clue. Oh my god! Yes, it was. And you know what? Because if you if you watch the episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for others who are kind of catching up in a sense, the mole on her back went over my head. Hold on, shameless promotion. It could, but it should have. It might have been on her nose too. If she right. said I have a mole right. on my nose, we're so used to the mole being on the nose, nose. as a tall tale. But it's also on the back, and I feel like shameless plug. The tingling tea normally has talked about this and such. Yeah, but we're not gonna go there. But like. It was such a great thing. She comes in, first of all, Agnes is probably the best actress like yes. out of everybody. It's between her and Darcy. And for me, it was Bev. But they're not showing Bev anymore, okay? But they're like <laughs> they're not showing her anymore. <laughs> but like Agnes is constantly keeping us on our toes in both humorous, comedic ways and just mystery, like, oh my God, this is so suspicious. Like her monologue about <laughs> about the kids and how Wonder almost, you know, went off the clip. Like that was funny. Well, her right? saying about her biting kids also is an yes. indication right there. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything. Right. All I'm going to say is that it might come with a little house in the forest too. Right. Right. Um, let's continue on everything. Next, we see the uh, the sword Humvee on a dirt road. It's Monica and Adrian. Wu. Where could they be headed? Uh, Wu says, uh, Wu said that Darcy cracked the last firewall and found an R&D report under the code name uh, Cataract. Uh, next, we find out that, that uh, Hayward was trying to bring Vision back online. And the reason why Hayward was tracking Vision in the hex Monica and Wu reach their destination, and it seems to be another base that Monica has set up. There we are met with Major uh, Goodyear, a.k.a. that seems to be their uh, aerospace engineer that we <laughs> to have gotten. Uh, and uh, uh, Goodyear brings out the vehicle that Monica's asked and is the exact specification that Monica wanted three episodes, two episodes ago. Guys, let's talk about this being quick. We didn't get the engineer we were all hoping for. Are you guys shocked that we didn't get the hope that we were hoping for? Yeah. Or or are you shocked that that there seems to be, you know, a vehicle that could possibly get through the hex and this is the exact specification that Monica wanted to uh, two episodes ago. Uh Bergie, let's start with you. I don't think that she is this aerospace engineer. I mm -hmm. think she worked for the aerospace engineer. She knows Monica knows who she is but she's not the one that we're getting. So it's basically like it's his lackey in a way. It's like, hey, you go take this out here. I got more important things to do. Because yeah. if we think who it is, it's Reed Richards or, or Dr. Doom or something, he, they're not going out there to do this. They're more important stuff that they're working on currently. They would have somebody else do their work. Reed Richards is absentee-minded sometimes where he forgets things. So I really do believe that this is the aerospace. I don't think she got the specifications right because I don't think Monica had all the specifications because Hayward was keeping some stuff from her. Because you could see where it was not getting through that. It just started going up. So right. I don't think that's the right, you know, area for that stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. Um, May Mayhem, go ahead. No, I disagree. Uh, first of all, I think they might have had the schematics to get through the, the, the portal at one point. But because she extended it and she changed the permissions for everybody mm -hmm. that – now they didn't have it. But, you know, that kind of goes back to what Birdie's saying. I believe that was the engineer we needed because even if, let's say, it was Reed Richards, first of all, Dr. Doom would have never answered the call. I think yes, that's 100%. Sure. Mm -hmm. Reed Richards would have came 
because he was not as famous and wealthy enough well, no. to be like send an assistant and he's a hands-on sure. guy you know what i'm saying he's a hands-on guy especially if somebody from sword calls him up he's like we need something going on and he's like yeah but then it's an anomaly of a third universe who's like oh yeah. really let me come in let me see but he's True. one of those so and it that's seems to be a doom move pretty much right now i could yeah. be totally wrong but I think they purposely did that so that way we could talk about who it was and get our hopes high. Just to be like, yeah. mm, there are other yep. engineers you should, you know, in the world. Get that yeah, playing with us. Leslie, real quick, were you shocked with the with the so-called change that they did in that episode? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You, it's, it, that would have been it would have been too much. Come on, leave leave a little bit. It would have been too just, perfect. Just give it us a been, peek. Yes. It, it would have so been too, be all be too perfect. About. Yeah, no, no, no. We we don't give it you know, you know less is more. Less is, more. Less, is more. less is more. Speaking <laughs> speaking of less is more, back to the circus we go, and Vision is still chasing Darcy. Uh, Vision then wakes up Darcy of the spell. Uh, Vision and then uh, Vision then questions Darcy, or Vision has questions for Darcy while Darcy has answers for Vision. Uh, Darcy and Vision now escape the circus in a food truck. Now I want funnel cake. Um, <laughs> Mayhem, let's go with you. The little tick for tack where Vision has questions, Darcy has answers, and they make their great escape out of the circus, almost like you would at a, at a 1960s and 70s um, uh, movie, pretty much. Two things. First of all, I think, and I could be totally wrong, her Darcy beating up the uh, the circus manager, in a sense, is kind of symbolic of women breaking out of like the prerequisite chains that they're supposed to be and all this other stuff. Like we're independent women. We're just as strong. We can choose what we want to do. That that's one. Two. The second thing is, I also think the interchange, the, the change between vision and Darcy is more so like a buddy cop, like comedic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really just for us to enjoy the conversation because I don't want to get ahead, but like, that's a really good conversation that we get. Otherwise it's not the same. And I'll leave it at that. Right. Um, I, I don't want to get hit. <laughs> Leslie, your thoughts on the great escape into the funnel truck food cart? I thought it was adorable. You know, it was very uh, uh, Keystone Copish. You know, so I think that, you know, it's like they're getting ready to go on a road trip. And if you think about it, it is going to be a road trip if you think about it, because how long it's going to take them to get to where they have to go. Right. You know, so a buddy trip, basically. Um, I love the conversation that's going on between the two of them. And the fact that she can meet him on his level as far as intelligence and try to explain things to him in a very simplistic way. Right. You know, the way that she told it, I love the, the fact and I'm not going to I don't know if we got into that part yet, but the way she explained uh, Wanda's grief in the car in the conversation was just mm. on point. Well, back to the house we go and Wanda is on the couch. She gets up and starts heading towards the kitchen. And everything starts changing all around her again. Tables, chairs, walls, stairs. Everything is going crazy. Uh, and back to Wanda's monologue, she can't seem to understand what's happening with every little change surrounding her, causing her more chaos. Why is it falling apart? Why, uh, why she can't fix it? Next, you hear a voice come out from behind the camera. And the person says, do you think maybe this is what you deserve? Mm. Wanda looks Ooh, yeah. very confused and says, you're not supposed to talk. Mayhem, your thoughts on the whole chaos magic happening all around her and, all, so this, and it all being out of Wanda's hands. So 
it's just to further the point that she doesn't have a grip on everything as much as we thought she did and that she's losing power and that she's also lying to herself thinking that she does. And then, of course, the the guy off camera who talked to her is kind of like us, like, yeah, you kind of brought this on yourself. That's kind of us talking to her. That's one of the things we're saying to her. And that's what that represents. Really quickly, because I know Les and Bergie want to talk. Guys, we always appreciate you coming on the show. Definitely thank you for the comments. Help us answer some of these comments, because like Bergie, he does not have the mind. Uh, Bergie, Jabo, he does not have the mind stone. He doesn't have it. When he got out, he didn't have it. We'll go into that later. Find us on the take. Back to you. <laughs> Les, um, Leslie, your thought, because uh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, Leslie, your thoughts on the whole crazy chaos that's happening around Wanda at this time. Um, as someone who recently uh, suffered through uh, a, an extreme amount of grief, mm. losing my parents, one of the things that you do is you have this inner monologue that Wanda is having right now. Mm. And you come to the conclusion that there is one thing that you can't control, and that's death. You can't control mm -hmm. it. And so she's, I see her walking to that moment. She's getting to that moment. She's like, why can't I, why can't I keep this together? Why can't I not have what I want? Yeah. Uh, in this situation right here. And I, I know I can do this. She's, she's a strong woman and that's what she's trying to do. But when you're falling apart, you come to this realization that there are a lot of things that you can't control. And yeah. that is one. Um, Bergie, let's finish this off with you. Your thoughts on the, uh, I guess the person behind the camera um, saying you're, you're, you know, like actually, uh, do you think maybe this is your fault and you deserve this? That that was a I mean, for the episode, it was perfect because it was somebody basically like the director, like trying to give her like direction. And like, do you think this is your fault? Like you did this. This is why it's not going to correct. That's also nod to the office, the office when they do certain episodes where they'll have Jim or they have uh, Michael or uh, Dwight behind the camera. Somebody there would say something to them and they would be like. What, what are you talking about? No, I have this completely under control. And they would interact with the director of that that was filming their documentary. So that was her doing that basically back to him. But she didn't have really a, an answer per se. You know, she kind of looked, you know, quizzical and, you know, bewildered that they were questioning her. So interesting. Yeah. You guys maybe think it was her conscious in a way speaking to her? No, that was just... Because Bergie, Bergie's actually right. Because if they have the theme where it's Modern Family and The Office, yeah. they've always had almost like the real world. This is also going back but to the real world aspects well too. Yeah, I think it could be a but metaphor. It, but for I her think conscience. so. Since she's created her whole world and she's created this whole scenario of a TV show, that is her mm -hmm. conscience actually saying that her yes. thoughts are speaking to her through the camera. Marvel is so layered. Oh. Is is or is it? Because next we get the WandaVision commercial, and that is for Nexus. No, guys, sorry. Not that WWE NXT thing that they had many years ago. We're talking about the commercial for Nexus. And since Mayhem is very immersed in the Nexus commercial, uh, I mean, Mayhem, take it away. Listen, uh, with the Nexus commercial, we think it's the Power Stone. Like, Bergie and I have talked about this offline about representation of the actual Infinity Stones throughout mm -hmm. the whole commercials. And maybe we'll do it on the take. Find us on Wednesdays. Um, but more importantly, it's, it's really bad because it's like they're telling her, like, yeah, you could take this drug and all your depression will go away. Or maybe you'll have to deal with the consequences of reality. So in a sense, this commercial is kind of like herself talking to herself, like, at some point in time, you're going to have to face this reality. 
Reality yeah. Stone. You know, it could be Power Stone, Reality Stone, whichever one it is. We, we figure it out. We'll let you know. But I think this was really dope, too, because remember, Wanda is the same being throughout every multiverse, which is why they call her Nexus being. I believe Darcy, as well as um, Pietro, is as well a Nexus being. But I don't... I, <laughs> It's it's not as strong as Wanda obviously is. So now it's just like, what if another part of her is also speaking to herself as well? I thought about that more or less on the take, ladies and gentlemen. Back to you. Your thoughts on the on the Nexus commercial and what you thought on, you know, take the pill, get your depression. Uh, I, you know what? I love the fact there's a purple pill, and I think that's Nexium that actually that they actually do sell the yes. purple pills. Yes. It looks the same way, but also uh, Nexium Nexus. You know, Nexium was the name of that cult where that guy was controlling everything uh, with mm. those women. So he, there's a double. Uh, you know, that's what what I was thinking there. I was like, okay, take this pill, and then it'll, you know, it'll cure everything you cure your detection your your it, it has something to Depression, do with control yeah, yeah it yeah. has something to do with control as well okay because nexium is the name of that big cult that happened where that guy was controlling all of those women i don't know if you all remember that can't remember the guy's name that was um over that uh uh keith rainier that was his okay. name yes all right. well so, bird, bird play take, on that. take it away on the nexus commercial so I really did like how they did include a lot of the stuff that she was going through and experiencing. And the yes. fact that it was purple leads to something that we see later on. So that's where I think something goes into play with that color scheme and stuff like that. Um, but the only downfall that I missed on it is because if they're doing the commercials, you know, you just, I saw your, I saw the light bulb above your head, mayhem. You saw I it. Did, yeah. You saw it. I gotta watch the, one it thing I, the one thing yeah. I was a little bit mad about was they didn't do all the side effects. I wanted them to do side effects. Like, yes. they do like those oh. old yeah. 2090 side effects. And yeah, like, they, side, the... side effects may include diarrhea, headaches, yeah, nausea, yeah. like that. And they get just run through diarrhea. Like, stick there and do something that would be like really funny for Marvel. Like, you'll think you can take over the world. Maybe you can expand a uh, medium or something. Like, do something crazy right. that would fit some... that episode. You know, that would have been really cool. I, it, me and Mayhem have definitely had this conversation. I really do think these commercials have meant something for the the Infinity Stones. And I really do think they are all playing some way into it. Uh, so that's something we can definitely discuss later. Well, right after that commercial, we see the twins at Agnes's house. And one of the boys is sitting there petting, uh, petting uh, Agnes's pet rabbit. It's then says, uh, <laughs> like, it's, like it's there because he likes it at Agnes's house because it's quiet. Uh, you you know no voices in this head. Uh, Tommy then turns to Agnes and says, "It's quiet, quiet in the house as well too." Uh, the twins then continue to tell Agnes that they are concerned about uh, mommy's health. And uh, during Agnes, Agnes's monologue, she says that <laughs> Ralph says, "I sugarcoat things. I turn to a ten-year-old and uh, that their mother is a cuckoo for cocoa puffs, guys." that little short little monologue with Agnes, the voices apparently stopping and not only in the kids' heads, but also one of the boys doesn't hear the voices in her head either. Guys, Mayhem, you're pondering. Yo. What's going on, bro? Yo, okay. Go ahead, so first of all, first of all, Marvel, you beautiful, beautiful people. This, this was such an easy 
like throw away for us until you revisit and understand what was being had. First of all, the reason why she was quiet is because he can't read her mind for reasons we'll get to know uh, later on, right? And, you know, I'll let Leslie definitely uh, expand on that just now. But also, did you guys catch Senior Scratchy, the rabbit? Yes. You know Senior Scratchy is another name for another person? Scratch. Who is that person? The devil. Thank you very much, Leslie. <laughs> Senior Scratch is the devil. What? Where is Fred? Where is her husband? What is going on? Right. (laughs) Where's Ralph? We haven't seen Ralph. We've only heard of Ralph. Where's Ralph? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Leslie, finish finish us off. So, uh, you know, the reason why he can't hear anything and there's complete silence is because there's a hex inside the hex. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead with it. Mm. Bergie, your Mm. thoughts on, you know, with the kids and Agnes going quickly back and forth and with the kids' concerns. Well, when he first said that, he said he couldn't hear anything in her house and it was quiet in there. I felt that it was like, like Les says, there was a hex or something there. You know, like there was something there that was blocking everything out, like a noise canceling or something. And then when he said he couldn't read her, I was like, is like she just like brain dead or something like that. Is that her type of character? But then we find out all the ways down a few minutes, we find out why, but it was definitely an interesting thing. And when he was sitting there and he took the cat, the, the cat, I'm sorry, the, the rabbit, rabbit and he started petting the rabbit and she's like, Oh, Mr. Scratchy likes that. And he really enjoyed that. I got like exactly like everyone was like goosebumps. I was like, Oh yeah, this is where it is. But if we know who the character is, they changed it from a cat to a, uh, a rabbit, rabbit because they yes. didn't want to give it away and they right. changed it like a magic a like a magic trick you know pulling yep. a rabbit out but, of the hat but, but a familiar has the ability to change into a rat uh, to anything yes. a familiar yes, has familiar. the ability to change into anything mm. a familiar does not mm. the devil right god but, uh god um god leslie no i was just gonna say that the familiar well, I, I'm going to give it away as so I can't. Yes, I, I can't. Right. Back to Monica's base we go, and Monica is suited up as if she's going off into outer space. Uh. Instead, she's getting into her brand new <laughs> modified vehicle and starts driving towards the hex. The vehicle sort of makes it halfway through, but the hex spits it right back out, turning half of the thing into a modern day mini, into an 80s minivan. People can't understand. <laughs> forcing her. <laughs> Uh, Monica, Monica then forces her way through the hex, but the hex seems to be chasing her, changing her, turning into other dimensional characters, like Adams splitting a human being. Then we see her eyes turning blue, and we see her exiting the hex and entering the town. Slash, seeing her jump into her first superhero pose, Monica quickly then sees the changes that are happening. And you can, and she can clearly see the magic happening through the in the air. She then later snaps out of it and starts running towards Wanda's house. Leslie, let's go with you. Superhero pose. Superhero pose. Okay, so I literally screamed, and my husband yes. is like so done with me right now because I screamed through these episodes a lot, but I screamed on that. What? It was so cool. It was so cool. I, just the fact that she was merging and she's going through the hex. Her eyes turned blue. Yes. And she fell down with her fist, you know, like that. Oh, my God. It was just, oh, get people 
superhero landing. It was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. My husband's murder on the that. knees. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not at their superhero knees. Bergie, yeah. uh, your thoughts as Monica seems to be changing for now a third time as she's going through the hex. Not only do you get to see a, as we say, a multiverse of characters of her, including a younger version, and just like a Star Wars movie, you hear her mother speaking mm -hmm. in the background as if she's right there. We just watched her origin story. Mm. Like, that's mm -hmm. what that was. Disney did a phenomenal job and Marvel did a great job to show the origin story of a superhero right there on a TV show. And most people probably didn't even realize it. They were right. probably just like, oh, this character's going through a hex. No, you just watched her origin story, how she became it. And it's a little bit different than the original way, but they did a great job with it and showcased how she did it. I liked how it split her conscience with her physical being. She was definitely going through the different dimensions, through the hex and different styles of the red hex the blue hex you saw all of that going through her and i think that helped change her molecular structure that we saw her come out on the other end as photon the eyes going blue and you saw it when she finally realized no i'm gonna beat this i'm gonna be the hero of this story i'm gonna help her her eyes turned blue everything came back to clarity and she came out on the other side what she saw oh my god i absolutely loved it because that was her powers it was phenomenal um Let's end it with mayhem. Your thoughts of when she and exits the ex exits the hex back into town into Westview. She's in the superhero pose. She looks up and now she can see she can now see the magic that's in the air or the so-called hex through the whole entire time. Let me tell you how this was my favorite part of the whole episode. I mean, this episode was phenomenal. And it goes back to when she's going through the hex, how she goes through the fourth wall and she changes. Okay. And she comes out in a modern uniform, if you will, a photon. And when she sees and she looks up and she sees the radio waves, the radioactive electric waves of light, as well as the magic. And I'm like, her eyes are blue. And I did some thinking and I could be wrong. I believe it's because she now has a form of the power stone, which is why her eyes turn blue instead of the regular color or even white. So if that's the case, I'm looking forward for more reveal of her powers in the later episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, don't count her out. Monica Rambo, Photon, I was happy from the beginning. Woo! Woo! <laughs> they get you, bro. They're coming to get you. Right. <laughs> He's a little too excited there. They're coming to get Next, back to Darcy and WandaVision. We uh, back to Vision. We go to and uh, Darcy is now answering Vision's questions, and she's answering as if Darcy was actually there, especially with certain key episodes, especially what happened in um uh in the in the movie itself too. Uh, they come to a red light. And next you see they are met with construction workers and back to the van they go. Vision is still confused on who he is and how he is made. Mm -hmm. I'm confused. I'm now confused of how Darcy has first person knowledge of everything that she has just told Vision. And Vision is also confused as well too, just like I am. As if Darcy was actually physically present um, uh, during the Infinity Wars and Endgame. Um, because... As we as we as we also know, Vision doesn't know if he's still alive or actually dead. Darcy turns into uh, turns towards a confused Vision and tells them that uh, she's been watching the show that the love between him and Vi and uh, Wanda is real and they belong together. Bergie, let's go with you because we've talked this before. As if Darcy happens to know detailed descriptions, 
now anyone's ever in in ever ever known if you watch any type of police tv show whatever there's not a lot of detail in those descriptions when it comes to writing a manifesto darcy has full detail of vision not being died once but by wanda's hands but the second time being dead by thanos's hand who would have known that wanda did this the first time because that's not something someone will tell someone in the details or they were there in person Virgie, can you explain this I don't think she was there in person, but you remember who survived that, you know, situation. That was Captain America, Black Widow, all those characters there, Dr. Banner. So all of them in the community of the, you know, basically superhero community, they probably all spoke and she probably read files on that because Captain America, Black Widow must have wrote something down on it. It was five years it happened. So she actually did, you know, as Reggie said, she did her research. Darcy knew what was going on before everything and everything that happened. And then what happened during the episodes. So she had knowledge of it. And we've been touching upon that all season where certain episodes, you see certain characters and like, they've got way more knowledge than they should have. Was there satellite there? Did they watch satellite views, different stuff? We're in Wakanda. Wakanda did come out and say, Hey, look, we're here to help you guys. What if they had footage and they helped show it? So maybe she watched footage of this to see what happened at that time. It was interesting how she explained to the man, hi, this is how you died the first time. Oh, by the way, yeah, you brought back to life and then you were died again. You know, right. it's like we're touching upon death a lot in this episode. I feel like that is a key component of this episode and going forward because we keep talking about death and she's seeing death around her and everything like that. We're going to see something tragic here, I think, really soon that's going to happen. It's going to suck, but I think it's going to happen. <laughs> Mayhem, is, is is Darcy playing a another character that we haven't been introduced yet of how she's so knowledgeable? We, we all know she can hack the system, granted. But these are sort of like detailed notes as we know what happened because we watched this. How did she know this? She details it as if she watched it. I think that's just another way for the directors to kind of like give us a moment to shine and be like, oh, yeah, remember this happened to kind of bring us up to speed. I don't think she's another person at all. I really hope she isn't because when Jimmy Woo, who was also on the office, uh, Randall Park, excuse me, when he was on the office, when he gets his own spinoff show, I hope she's there. You know what I'm saying? And I hope she's the same person versus like I'm some watcher being. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think Bergie hit it right on the head. Like they all documented what happened at those battles. And then she read it. It's not like she doesn't have the access to it. It's not like she's smart enough to hell. Not too long ago, uh, shield was invaded by Hydra. Right. Not, you know what I'm saying? So like if, if Hydra could have access to the information, so she could, so could she, uh, Leslie is my, is, is Darcy who she's not as she claims to be. No, I think Darcy is Darcy. Uh, I think that, I mean, it, it could be just as simple as, and I might be, my timelines for everyone, but I mean, maybe she just heard it from Jane, you know, maybe she, that, that conversation could have been had. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to Jane during the, what happened with the infinite storm. We don't know any of that. And Thor could have relayed that message to her in some way. It could have just been that simple of two women talking, you know, yeah. plus Darcy does do her research, yep. you know, she does, but if she has personal firsthand knowledge, I'm assuming she got it from somebody who's close to her. All right. Well, back to Wanda's house we go. And Monica is running towards Wanda's house and is and enters the house and is looking for her. Wanda tells Monica to get out of the house while Monica is asking her to listen. Wanda starts to use her powers and takes Monica outside of the house. 
Wanda then throws Monica in the air and throws her back down. Monica Ooh. now has a blue aura around her and she does her second superhero landing. Anyway, oh, Wanda notices Monica has changed, but Monica doesn't. Monica continues to logically reason with Wanda. Monica then tells Wanda about her losses and is still trying to reason with Wanda. Q and Agnes, that nosy little devil her, Agnes notices the two are talking and starts becoming nosy, uh, being a nosy neighbor, and starts getting between Agnes and tells uh, Monica to just run along. Guys, we get the second time Monica has now sort of shown her powers one more time. We get the second superhero landing as well, too. And she still and Monica doesn't know that she has powers, but she's now trying to get logical reasoning to get to Wanda. It almost worked. We almost got it. Almost yep. like, you know, if Star Lord didn't mess this up, I mean Agnes didn't mess this up. We actually had a winner <laughs> in this. Hey, kind of goes back into you know into Infinity Wars right there. Um, ma'am, let's let's go with you. Monica getting blue again, landing down, superhero landing pose number two. Got. I love Monica. Geraldine, you like I'm willing to knock Pietro off my list and put you there, okay? I we got to talk, girl. We got to talk. So, I love the fact that instead of coming guns a blazing, and I also felt like she was more logical and realizing she doesn't know her powers, she doesn't know how strong she is, and more than likely she can't win an all-out fight against Wanda, especially Correct. when you're in her home domain. No way. I love the fact that she still was being realistic and empathizing with her. And she almost had her until Agnes came out. And when Agnes kind of gave us that look, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, no. The gears started climbing. They started, but they weren't there yet. And it's just like, what are you up to, Agnes? And, right. and, then, and then we quickly get a recreation of the desperate, not desperate housewives. I mean, uh uh, Jersey Shore, whatever the heck it is, into the Sabrina <laughs> oh Jersey, and everything, which Housewives we all noticed. Thank yeah. you, the Housewives of Jersey. <laughs> I mean, Leslie, <laughs> <Housewives. Agnes. laughs> it's the same thing anyway, in a way. Um, Leslie, your thoughts on that little logical reasoning, and you're all, and you're also going, oh, Monica's going to bring Wanda into into a reality, and yet Agnes shows up and just literally takes it away. Um, I think the one thing that I really focused on is the fact right. that 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 Monica told her, you're not going to hurt me. Right. She you're knew not. that there's something she said. She there's something within Wanda that mm -hmm. recognizes who she is, be it DNA or something like that, that, that she. Uh, yeah, there's goodness there. She knows something or she's familiar with who she is or she is a reminiscent of it. But she knew that she wasn't going to hurt her. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that I focused on the most is that the fact that she was trying to get reason. I knew it was too soon for her to reason with her because we have two more episodes. But I was just like, they, she knows who she is. And I think that the, the, that component of who she is is the thing that's going to save Wanda. That's what's going to save Wanda. Virgie, your thoughts on that whole scene and then how it went down with Wanda almost destroying her in a way and Monica using logical reasoning to almost literally save her own behind. I, I mean, we could talk about that. Let's check out the neighbors. Did right. you notice every single neighbor stopped dead in their tracks to froze. watch? Yes. They froze in their tracks and you watched all of the women all turn and look and watch what was going on. Including the so, mailman. Including mailman, right. But we're looking right. at, I'm mostly focused on the women. 
for the yes. women of this because Agnes, which we all know what she is, all the women of that area oh, that all live dare. right around don't her. Yeah. Don't you I'm coming up? Saying, don't but, you dare coming, take my response, but, though. But that's what it is, and and that's what I, I saw. And I did see Monica. Monica took control of her power. She couldn't push her anymore. That's mm -hmm. why she came down and she landed. She had the power. She landed herself. She had the flight. She couldn't hold her up there, and she dropped down. She made herself drop. And then when she went at her, she went at her with reasoning and logic, not power. I think she was expecting someone to come in for a fight. She wasn't expecting, hey, let's have tea and crumpets and chat about this and go with it. And then right. you see Agnes next door, and she's like the nosy little neighbor. It's like, oh, wait, this this is going to ruin my – oh, no, no, I can't have that. So Can't have this. Mm -mm. But back to the crossroads we go of Darcy and Vision, and construction is now finished. But they are met with, with another crossroad, and that is a crossing guard with school children crossing the road just out of nowhere. Uh, what? Vision now does his little monologue as, as well, too, and then realizes that these roadblocks don't mean anything. It's just someone trying to hold him back. Then he realizes, well, I can fly my butt home, leaving Darcy right behind uh, Leslie real quick. The fact that Vision finally realized that he has powers all, all of a sudden out of nowhere and he can make his way at home. Like, what were your thoughts right there, especially with all the roadblocks that were continuously happening? What I thought was really hilarious about that is the conversation. We were so drawn into the conversation between Vision and Darcy that none of us even thought about that either. And then when right. he did, when he was like, wait a minute, I yeah. just, you know, because obviously they didn't know how long this roadblock and that's literally what it was. It was a mind roadblock of things that they knew they would not cross paths. They knew that they would not cross past children. They knew they would not cross past construction. They knew they wouldn't go. The, their goodness and the fact that they were law abiding would not allow them to do anything to go past this, you know, commit anything like, you know, just drive right through it. Yeah. Because it's definitely an illusion in that sense. But I thought it was hilarious when he kind of like broke the fourth wall. And he was like, what am I sitting here for? I could, And he just flew out. Hilarious. Very, very good. Paul yeah. Bettany is amazing in this role, by the way. He's really good at it. Just his subtlety right. is, is on point. Next, we go back into the house, and Agnes has now walked Wanda into her home, and she offers her some tea. Yet again, some nice tingling tea for Leslie right there. Uh, Wanda notices there's some unfinished peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, juices, and the children's program right on TV. Wanda then asks Agnes where the boy, where the boys are, are Agnes says the twins are playing in the basement. Wanda enters the basement looking for the boys, but there is a strange room in the basement. Uh, Wanda later, uh, Wanda then enters that room. Next, we see that she has entered a chamber with some glass cabinets and a very strange magical book, which means to have some magic glowing right around the book. Agnes also enters the chamber with rabbit in hand, Telling Wanda that she isn't the only girl in town that <laughs> that has magic chamber doors. Uh, she tells, tells Wanda that her real name is Agatha uh, Harkness and now puts Wanda in a spell. Now cue the Monsters theme song and we yes. now have a, a, a as an Agnes <laughs> intro and, it, and it's been Agnes all along. And yep. she killed Sparky to end ah. episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. 
Mayhem, you've been on this since the first episode. Let's give you the first take on this one. First of all, I want an apology from my producer because I've been called an Agatha Harkness. He's like, no, her name is Agnes. Agnes. She even said it herself, episode seven. And can I you want see? Okay, my I tea can't. and crumpets. All right. Okay. But okay. Yeah, but can, can, continue. Continue. So with the reveal that Agnes was behind everything all along, the most blown out mind that made me like freak out and stop playing the, the video was that when vision went to ellis Ab or ellis street or whatever and then he touched her she was playing along oh, yep. she was playing along she played him for a joke the whole time don't worry can I, can, wait can wait, i let, let, let him no 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 let's no but i i, I just want to add to this when that happened in the episode two episodes before when she was looking in the mirror and doing her lipstick, I caught that and I was like, wait a minute. Why is she all of a sudden having a breakdown if she just checked her lipstick in the mirror? I saw that. That was last oh, yes. No. yes. Oh, man. Yo. So with this reveal, oh, my God. So then now we know Agnes is up to something. I don't know if she... She may have put uh, Wanda in a spell, or she may have just revealed to Wanda what she's been suppressing. It could go either way. We'll find out. Um, kind of going back to what Bergie was talking about before, and I think I spoke to Bergie and Hash about it before. I believe the whole women of the original three episodes were part of a witch's cult. Mm -hmm. Even my favorite, a coven, Bev. A coven, a the coven. coven. coven yep. Excuse me. Coven, I apologize. Coven. coven. That's the correct word. What? Yes. What? And then now I'm going to end on this. I'm, I'm going to end on this. Was it really Wanda or Agnes holding back Darcy and Vision? Who will know who? during this oh. time of who was technically in control. Leslie, go ahead and your thoughts, especially that scene with, uh, with the chamber, with the reveal that it's been Agnes all along. So here's my theory. It has not been Agnes all along. I believe that it has been Wanda all along. But what I believe is that this coven has conveyed in a power. This is a power hex. You can get all of your energy from a power hex. And that's basically why they are there. They entered in into this arena and they're getting some kind of energy, life, youth, vitality, youth from this from this arena. So that's why they are there. And that's why she says you're not the only witch here. Right. That's what it means. It's not that she says she's controlling it because I think in her little theme song, she would have said, I've been controlling it all along. She said, you ain't the only witch here. That's what she mm. said. Right. But yeah. then we cut to scenes like there's Piedro in here. This is how certain things ended up. This, uh, you know, I was playing Vision as well, too. You know, all these things keep adding up. Bergie, Yeah. She okay. may have been controlling some of the players, but I don't think she's controlled. This is this is Wanda's grief. This is all, all right. Wanda's grief. Catherine Hahn, you Bert. beautiful, beautiful woman. You give this girl an Emmy right now. Cut the yes. cut the check. Give her an Emmy right now. Yes. Virgie, your thoughts as it seems that Wanda has entered a magical next dimension chamber because this is not a structure part of the house. No, she entered uh, a different dimension. I think uh, like a kind of like in like a sub dimension in a way in a way uh, like a level or so so she's in another room but let's talk about some of the stuff that's in that room yes Mr. scratchy aka yes. the devil let's talk about the dark hold 
the dark hold which is the most evilest book in history yep. like anybody who's watched agents of shield knows that that is the dark hold that is a thing that they spent seasons on to do like i love the the references to what they talked about with you know uh the agents of shield we have this here where are the kids i want to know where the two boys are yes because you don't see them anywhere in there but we see all the magical stuff you see the normal stuff you would see in a witch's coven and what they would have you know, but that dark hold, that's something there. I think that's there for a reason. And I don't think it's because Agatha wants it there. I think Agatha needs her there because she doesn't have the power to open it. She mm -hmm. needs Wanda to open it because she needs that book open because she needs the power of that. And I do believe like what we've talked about where that's her coven. That's why she had all these women around her to keep an eye. Anytime she got close to any type of truth, Agnes, Agnes, Agatha was there to try to change something. And you saw her do different things and stuff like she was sitting there and she's the magic show and she's got the man right. and she's got her, like all the different stuff that we've seen. Like, it's very interesting to see how she's been playing her behind the scenes, just subtle nudges. I don't think she's directing it. I agree with Les. It is Wanda doing it, but she subtly nudged certain things in the direction she wanted it to go to for her own devious needs. And can, I, and can I add that part of her manipulating, part of Agnes's manipulation of Wanda, the more, the more power Wanda exudes. Yes. So that power is necessary for her, mm -hmm. whatever it is she needs. So I believe that, that, that I believe that her and the coven were trying to open the book and they needed a certain power source. And so what happened? They found Wanda in her grief and it is such a power, it's just, it's full of power that they entered into this community being somebody else in order to utilize that that energy. Well, anyway, and after the nice little episode, we get our first, finally, our uh, first post-credit scene. And we see Monica, which looks like opening a basement door and everything. And Ashley notices that the basement seems to be a little different. She is greeted with Pietro right below her and end that post credit scene. So let's have Bergie push us off as we're at the final ends. Go ahead, Bergie, take it all the way. So we know that commercial we talked about earlier, the Nexus being purple. Yeah. Now we see yes. the purple hex and the purple power that's coming throughout that basement. She's, I think she's been the one doing the commercials is her mm. and she's doing it against what, uh, 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 my God, Wanda's, you know, grief and everything and different stuff. And I think she needed Wanda to expand the hex because it, she needed her to weaken herself so she could take over her mind. You saw at the end where she did what she did. I don't think she could have done it if she wasn't weakened. She's totally like grief stricken right now. And we see that where Petro, oh man, when Petro showed up, I was sitting there like, whoa, he's still alive. And is he good? Is he bad? Right. Is he nightmare? Is he Mephisto? Who the hell is he? I want to know. Is he the new version of Quicksilver and he's trying to be the hero? We'll never know. know. We will not know until the next episode. And guess what, guys? You have to find us one more time again next week as we tell you or you find out who Pietro really is. But without further ado, I'd like to thank my esteemed colleagues tonight. That'll be Mr. Mayhem himself. You can catch me every Wednesday on The Take. Live on 10, 10 o'clock, you can catch the lovely lady, Miss Leslie Fry, on uh, Fridays. Soon, I guess, well, Thursdays will be the Tingling 
starting in March. Uh, you can catch our show there. You can catch this gentleman right here every Tuesday with me with this week in toy culture. We're a big fan of the show. Don't forget to follow, like, love, share, subscribe on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube pages. And if you love what we're going on right now, go and check out our lovely merch page, which is at www.artistclub.ninja. My name is Ross Andia. Thank you all for joining us this evening. And we will, we will see you all next week on This Week in Pop Culture. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Meow.